Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. The murder of George Floyd in 2020 prompted cities across the country to launch ambitious police reforms. In the Bay Area, departments implemented de-escalation efforts. Police officers were swapped with counselors for homeless and mental health calls in San Francisco, Oakland, and Berkeley. But despite efforts like those, killings and injuries inflicted by police officers have continued. A recent Chronicle analysis of 2021 data found that Latino and Black Californians are still vastly overrepresented in use of force incidents. And just as it was consequential for George Floyd's case, video evidence remains a critical component. On July 27th, a day laborer in Canal, a predominantly Latino neighborhood in Marin County, was brutally beaten by police officers. How did questions about an open container of beer turn into a violent takedown by police sending a man to the hospital and to court on several charges, including felony resisting arrest? ABC 7 News published a special investigation of the incident. When the police body cam footage was released, the city of San Rafael was forced to reckon with the long contentious relationship between Latino residents and the city's police. The beating of that day laborer opened up old wounds in Canal and throughout Marin County. That was true for this woman, who spoke up at a recent city council meeting about what happened to Mateo. That's a name the man wants to be called in order to protect his privacy. I'm here because six months ago, my 60-year-old father was beaten by the police as well. Our community needs respect. We are the ones that are babysitting your children. We are the ones that are cleaning your houses. We are the ones. We are the ones that are fixing your plumbing systems. My father needs justice. Mateo needs justice. And we really have to stop this systematic racism that exists in this country, in this county. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporters Joshua Sharp and Joelle Umanzor are here to talk about what went down in Canal. They spent time speaking with residents there to learn about how the police beating of Mateo was affecting them and the kind of police reforms those residents hope will actually happen beyond just the talking points. Joshua and Joelle, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So Joshua, I'd love to start with you. I wasn't too familiar with Canal before before learning about this particular story. A Chronicle analysis said that this Marin County neighborhood is the most racially segregated in the Bay Area. Tell me more about it. So the canal hugs the banks of the San Rafael Creek. Uh, This is in southeastern uh, San Rafael. It's a typical family neighborhood. There's a park with a playground that people hang out at. There's a community garden. It is um, a neighborhood whose development dates back to the 1950s. And according to a 2015 UC Berkeley study, its, it's, uh, its growth has really been guided by immigration. First, it was folks from Vietnam. Uh, then it was El Salvador. Then it was Guatemala and then Mexico. Today, the neighborhood is 92 percent Latino, which is a considerable amount of the 
Latino population in San Rafael. Joelle, you spent some time with Canal residents. And before we get into the details of the case in question, what did residents say to you about what it's like to live in this neighborhood? Specifically, what's their relationship to the police? So I guess, you know, first of all, when looking at this neighborhood, you you realize there's a lot of uh, laborers. There's a lot of service workers. Their Latino community is strong, essentially, in this neighborhood. When when talking to them, you know, we, we interacted with a lot of uh, mothers with their with their children. We interacted with a lot of uh, men getting off of work. Their their experience living there is that it's a tight knit group, but that you know their relationship with police hasn't always been the most favorable, especially in terms of how they feel like the police view them. So you know when we were doing this project, we we came across a community led research project called Voces del Canal. Found that forty four percent of the res- of the residents surveyed were not satisfied with the police. And that echoed the conversations that we had with residents. A lot of them felt like there was somewhat of a disdain that the police had towards them. There was also in that in that community-led research project, there were uh, incidents of complained police abuse, uh, discrimination, poor response times by, by police. Um, and when talking to them, I we did get a lot of residents who said that, you know, they felt like they weren't a priority to police in the area. So obviously a contentious relationship between the community and the police here in Canal. Joshua, let's get into the incident that we're talking about today, which took place on July 27th of this year. The man who was beaten by the police wants to be known as Mateo to protect his privacy. He's a day laborer who was taking a break, was drinking beer with some friends in a back street of Canal. And what happens after that is captured in police body cam footage. I've watched it. It's pretty unsettling. Tell me about the encounter that Mateo had with the San Rafael police officers. First, I'll tell you a little bit about the setting. So where this happens is on this uh, sort of isolated back street called Windward Way. Windward Way is popular for uh, for laborers to go hang out and drink after work. One issue in in this neighborhood is that development hasn't kept up with the population growth. A lot of people have ended up living in crowded, cramped apartments and homes. So some day laborers choose to go to this street after work to drink and relax. So that's just what Mateo and his friends were doing. They were standing there. They had some Coronas and Heinekens. And then here comes a police officer asking them, uh, starting to question them about drinking in public. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing? There's like a whole bunch of beer over here. Yeah, I know. Okay. Do you guys know you're not supposed to be drinking outside in public? Yeah. So Mateo and his friends are approached by Officer Daisy Mazarregos. She tells the men to sit down on the curb, which they do. She then asks for their identification, and and they're going in and out of English and Spanish. It seems clear that Mateo is having a little bit of trouble. He then starts having trouble getting his wallet out of his pants without standing up. And by this point... When he stands up, there's another officer, Officer Brandon Nail, who has by that time arrived. And he very loudly like says to Mateo, sit there. Hey, sit the fuck down. Hey, you don't have to talk to me. Well, you, I told you to sit hey. down. Mateo says, you don't have to talk to me like that, and then sits back down. But then he starts to stand up again, trying to explain the wallet issue and why he needed to stand up. Take out your ID, I dude. know, I know, I know. I have to take it out, but I have to take it out to and at that point, the officers descended on him. They started to try to put him in handcuffs. Stop. Stop. And then they go to the ground and on the way down. 
Officer Brandon Nell punches him in the face and blood starts pouring from his face onto the pavement. Mateo's protesting that he did nothing, he did nothing. I told you to fucking sit down. Later on, the officers will explain that when they tried to put his hands behind his back, that he tensed up and started to uh, resist. And then they say that he tripped and that's why they went to the ground. And the reason that Officer Brandon Nell says that he punched Mateo is he claims that Mateo had his hand on his on the officer's vest and also tried to put him in a headlock and struck him in the head several times. His attorney, Charles Drezzo, says that the police's account is completely contradicted by the video evidence, and this is part of the reason that he's so outraged. After an ambulance got there to look after Mateo's injuries, Officer Brandon Nail walks up to the police cruiser, and Mateo is in the back seat of the police cruiser, with his face just drenched in blood, and Officer Brandon Nell takes a photograph of this. Now, uh, this, Mateo's attorney says, could allegedly be him trying to take a trophy from what happened. Now, this is something he's urged the district attorney's office to investigate. We'll see what they find. Okay, so what ends up happening to Mateo? He's arrested. What is he charged with? He's charged with a variety of things, including disorderly conduct with public drinking, resisting arrest, battery on a police officer. But then the Marin County District Attorney's Office dropped the charges after viewing the video, according to Mateo's lawyer. Uh, the District Attorney's Office has said that they are investigating this and they won't comment further. More with Joshua Sharp and Joel Umanzor after a quick break. How did Latino residents in Canal react to the body cam footage? And what changes are they asking for now from the city of San Rafael? We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I'm back with Joshua Sharp and Joel Umanzor. We just listened to the play-by-play of the body cam footage, which showed the police beating of Mateo in Canal. When ABC7 News published its report, the footage went viral on social media. In September, local residents attended a San Rafael City Council meeting to share their outrage. Let's listen to a few of them now. I'm deeply sad and angry to see the mistreatment of Mateo. You have to understand that for Friday, many of us, all we could see on our Instagram was this video. It went viral. We have a whole community that was traumatized by what happened. Okay, and then you want to have this performative stuff. Venimos de países en donde la policía es corrupta. Y yo creo que aquí en este país no debemos permitir la corrupción dentro de la policía. Again. Asking not just for words, but for actions. What is this de-escalation policies that we can put in practice? Because I didn't see any de-escalation in these actions. I see the choice of violence. I saw the choice of discriminating once again our community members just for the way they look, 
the way they speak. Me da mucha tristeza que todo esto ha pasado, pero también me, da, me siento muy indignada. Joelle, you spoke to residents directly. What else did they share with you about their reaction to what happened to Mateo? Going over there, me and Josh, we were able to kind of interact with some people who were just kind of fresh in hearing about the, the issue and were, you know, taken aback by, I guess, the level in which the police officers interacted with them. There were certain men who were saying, you know, back in the day, if, you know, if a police officer came to approach you about an open container, you know, you dump it out, throw away your trash, and you're on your way. They definitely felt like they were being treated in an inhumane way, essentially. And I think that that was the sentiment that was echoed throughout. And even the people who didn't want to be critical of the police even felt that the police went a little bit further than they needed to go in that scenario. Now, Joshua, it's important to note that two years ago, San Rafael actually adopted use of force reforms after the murder of George Floyd. Many cities did that. Yet it took this incident to prompt action by the city and its police force. How have they responded to this backlash from the community that Joel just described? What prompted uh, all of the backlash and this event even being public in the first place was the ABC7 report. The ABC7 report comes out five weeks after this event happened, and only after that does the district attorney's office say they are investigating. Only after that does the uh, city hire an investigator, and, and and the police put out a statement. The police chief put out a statement in English and Spanish, and basically said, you know, we're listening. We're going to try to work hard to rebuild these relationships and the broken trust. I think that a lot of the the issues that some of the residents had had to do with the fact that some of these promises, some of these, you know, words essentially is what one of the, the gardeners that we talked to mentioned. Um, they come off as just words. Uh, they don't come off as actually changing anything or changing the way police feel about the people that they are supposed to be serving. So, Joel, talking about the community's relationship with the police you know, what are they asking for now? I mean, it is notable that one of the police officers in the incident actually was speaking Spanish to Mateo, you know, was able to translate between the other police officer and himself. But things still escalated. You know, what do Canal residents want now? I think that is one of those questions that is still kind of up in the air. You know, it's it. there's not a consensus from residents as to what needs to be done. We spoke to a a resident while she was with her granddaughter at the park, Ana Nunez, and uh, you know we referenced her in the in the story as well. She she kind of spoke about her own you know experiences with police. She said it's going to kind of come together with the with the fact that I guess people who have been affected by police need to talk to each other. They need to interact with each other to find out what those shared experiences have been like and push for an independent investigation of the police. That's what that's what she suggested. But then you know there are other residents who are like a little bit more pro-police than certain residents and don't, and don't necessarily see the police as a whole that needs to be changed, but that, you know, they need to do their job a little bit better. Mm. And Joshua, what happens now? There's going to be a private investigation that happens. The officers in the meantime are on paid administrative leave. What will happen with Mateo's case? What will happen with Mateo's case now that, as I said, the case against Mateo is completely gone. Mateo's lawyer said that they may have a case against the city and sort of telegraphed that they may be going the lawsuit route. And 
I think this also begs the question, Joshua. I mean, does this sort of show this particular incident, the limits of police reform? You know, San Rafael did adopt use of force reforms in 2020, but it's facing incidents like this. What does it say about the challenges of implementing change in police departments? Well, I think it's going to be a, a while before we totally understand all of the ins and outs of what happened here. But I think one thing that stands out now is that, uh, and what people said to me and Joel throughout the reporting process, is they talked about these specific officers and how they behave. You can have all the rules you want, but the specific officers are going to have to abide by them, and they're going to have to behave in ways that the community finds acceptable. And in this situation, we were told by plenty of people, uh, and we certainly have heard the opinion um, at the city council meeting as well, that people believe that the police escalated this situation. So it, it comes down to individual officers. Just talking to some of these residents, we got specific stories and personal examples that were as recent as three months ago. So, you know, it's it's something that's, I guess it's ongoing, but it'll need to be investigated a little bit more as to, you know, what these residents have lived and, you know, how the police interact with them on a daily basis. Mm. Certainly sounds like there's some healing that needs to be done in the community. Joelle, Joshua, thank you so much for talking to me about your reporting. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Joshua Sharp covers criminal justice at The Chronicle, and Joelle Umanzor is a breaking news reporter. Their story about the police beating of Mateo and Canal is online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to Joelle for his production help as well, also to Cynthia Lopez. Thank you to King Kaufman for editing the episode and to you for listening. <laughs>